0: Welcome back to the Work Mija podcast, the podcast where mujeres empower mujeres, where we amplify Latina voices and share their entrepreneurial and professional journeys. I'm your host, Sochi Carmona, founder of Work Mija, a lifestyle brand offering unique Latinx inspired apparel and accessories for Latinas inspiring generational change. Thank you for joining me in creating a space for Latina leaders. Today, I'm joined by Daniela Rodriguez. Daniela is a CEO and co-founder of Neem's Jeans, a Latinx-owned denim company that designs custom jeans to your unique body for a perfect fit. Each pair is ethically handcrafted in Los Angeles and exclusively uses sustainable rescued fabrics. Neem's mission is to empower folks with the confidence they deserve in the perfectly fitting jeans, while never having to compromise on our planet or our people. Neems has proudly been featured in a Business Insider, the Zoe Report, Eco Cult, and CNN underscored as the genes of your dreams. I'm excited to have her here on the podcast today. Welcome, welcome, Daniela. Hi, thank you so much for having me. I'm so
1: excited.
0: Yes, I'm so excited. I love meeting people via social media and then getting to chat with them here on the podcast and hopefully maybe we can, you know, meet in person one day, but I love having Daniela here. Before we get to know a little bit more about Daniela, her business journey and Neem's Jeans here on the Work Me How podcast, we like to get a little astrological with it and get to know our founders just a little bit deeper and see what kind of aspects of them astrologically we kind of see come together throughout their business journey. So Daniela was kind enough to share and I'm excited her sun sign, which is our birthdays, which most of us know your sun sign kind of describes your identity and where you shine. And And Daniela is also, like me, a Gemini son. So if you know us Geminis, Geminis are known to be chatty, quick-witted, outgoing, inquisitive, and very adaptable people. Let me tell you, that adaptable part for business is very, very helpful. That is so true. Right? And then her moon sign. So your moon sign, it rules your body and your emotions. And Daniela is a Virgo moon. So our Virgo moons are known to be very practical people, very meticulous, and very about those attention to details, which hmm, describes very much what she's doing. (laughs) They can be very analytical, but they're also very willing to help. They're devoted and very gentle souls. Um, For her rising sign, so your rising sign can really um is your motivation for life a lot of people can kind of come off as this and it's good to kind of be in tune with your rising too and very similar I was like am I talking to the same person here she is also like me a Sagittarius rising so our Sagittarius risings They are known bright, sunny disposition, very optimistic approach to life. They have that cheerful, energetic and fun, loving self. They're also very much the storytellers. We're always on a journey. Life is we ain't going nowhere, but we're going places. It's a journey. So I'm so excited to have um, Daniela here. But now that we know her a little bit more astrologically, Daniela, can you tell us more about yourself, who you are and a little bit more about what your business is?
1: Yeah. Awesome. Well, first of all, honestly, I could relate so much to what you were saying, especially about like the adaptability. really important in a business um the meticulousness um and also the storytelling i feel like you know having a business is so much about storytelling people mm-hmm. want to um you know buy from people that have a story a brand behind it um so i i could really
0: relate it was really cool to hear that it all um, works for you
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah exactly um and it's awesome that we're both you know a sun sign gemini and and the the rising Sagittarius um so a little bit about me um i was born and raised in miami Florida. Both of my parents are Venezolanos. They, they moved to the U.S. Uh, for better opportunities. And um, yeah, I, I grew up in, in Miami my entire childhood up, up until I was 18. i um, kind of living in this Miami bubble, um, you know, with all my Latinos, with Colombianos, Venezolanos, Cubanos, you know, um, I, I really did love Miami for that, for its diversity. Um, and I actually studied voice and opera performance in in college. I was always a musician. Um, I played the piano, I was a singer, and I always thought that I was going to do something with music my entire life. Um, And that was until I decided it was time to graduate. And I was like, there's no way that I am going to compete. Um, I'm not a competitive person. And I quickly realized that the music industry is extremely competitive. Um, And so I pivoted. Um, My boyfriend, now fiance, was a business consultant. And so he was like, why don't you get into business consulting? I can teach you. You don't need a degree in it. And I was like, okay, let me try this out. And somehow um, got an interview and a, a like potential or uh, officially an offer from Deloitte. Ooh, okay. <laughs> so I I pivoted to business consulting, and so I was a business consultant for for two and a half years. Um, and it was um, extremely hard. It was mm. uh, a completely new field um and i was just you know i had never taken a business class in my life it was like learning something completely new um and i you know i'm really happy that i was able to be a business consultant and mm-hmm. learn and you know learn that discipline but it was not personally fulfilling to me i i was missing that element of like i want to do something that i can see the impact that i can you know like really um get to talk to customers you know it was it was advising for You know, clients with forty billion in revenue, Mm -hmm. um, and you don't really get to see that tangible impact that you're making in the end user, Um, and so that kind of led me into thinking about starting my own business. Um, And I, it was kind of serendipitous, but on on a Black Friday in in 2018, while I was still working at uh, at Deloitte. I believe it was 2018, um, I went to a popular denim brand that I'm not going to name. Mm-hmm. And I went in and I tried on a bunch of jeans and then none of them fit. Mm-hmm. And that was just a problem that I always had where it was like they fit my hips OK, but the waist was always gaping or they weren't long enough or I didn't like the quality or they would stretch out and bag out over time. Like it was always I never wore jeans for that for that uh, reason. hmm. And so I started to think like, why can't we just have like jeans made to our bodies? Why can't that be a thing? Why, you know, is that such a problem? And, um, you know, I I started to do initial customer research and ask people if they went through the same thing. Um, And I literally went to the mall and I started pulling people um, aside and asking them like, hey, a couple of questions. Do you struggle with jeans that fit? Um, You know, and after you know, asking a bunch of people, literally 100% of them said that, yes, they hated shopping for jeans and that they couldn't find a real solution. Um, and so that got me thinking, you know, let let me try to start this. Mm-hmm. And so I, with zero fashion experience, zero connections, um, I started to Me and my partner was involved as well. He was helping a bit. We both had full-time jobs. Um, we started to do some research into the denim industry, Talk to, you know, fabric suppliers out here, talk to factory people that could sew our jeans and like little by little started to piece this together into what is now Neems, a custom denim business. So we, um, yeah, we, we design uh, every single pair of jeans to people's measurements um, and all of them are made here in LA. So I actually had to move here to LA in order to run the business. Um, and it was really scary because I didn't know anyone Um, I had limited money. I mean, I'm not a millionaire or rich Mm -hmm. by any means, you know, and I had to use only my, my personal savings that I've ever accumulated to, to fund the business. And as I'm sure, you know, just running a business is so difficult with no outside capital. Um, I feel like a lot of people look at us and are just like, oh, they're a business, you know, they have, they have money. Like, no, it's yeah, no, not at all. Um, it's it's really we're just humans, like everyone else, like trying to get through this. and so many, you know, unforeseen expenses that come along with running a business. I mean, um, so it was all new. I feel like the nothing prepares you for entrepreneurship. You just kind of have to dive in and find your way. And honestly, I think it's all about just not giving up because there have been so many opp- so many times in this business and in this journey that I've just been, Um, you know, I'm sure you know this too, just so problems after problems, like there's just days where you just don't want to keep going. You're just like, Mm -hmm. oh my God, should I quit and just find a regular job? Um, But, but yeah, I think it's just all about keeping, you know, continue to go and, and problem solve and,
0: you know, you'll have good days eventually. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) That's crazy. And so like yeah it's like where where do you even start because yeah entrepreneurship like especially like yeah there's businesses that are similar but there really is no blueprint of where exactly do you start and so for yours it's like okay it's denim but also it's like where do you start for a denim fashion brand, when you have no fashion uh, pattern experience, but also, especially when there's kind of like a big technological aspect involved with your like custom fitting. So it's like, you're like, all right, we're going to start this business. So it's like, where did you start? Did you start with the manufacturing? Like, how did you figure out the pattern making? Or did you start with the technology aspect? Like, what was like the first step?
1: Yeah, the first step, and you're right, there is no blueprint. Absolutely no blueprint, <laughs> especially when you have zero connections. I didn't know anyone in fashion. I mean, most of my friends were music people or, you know, consulting people. I, I didn't know anything about fashion, just mm-hmm. that I like fashion. <laughs> um, so yeah, the first step was finding a manufacturer here in LA. I knew that they wanted to, I knew I wanted to make them custom. Um, so that would involve finding a sewer to sew the jeans and Mm -hmm. that would also involve a wash house so every every single pair of jeans are washed in order to give them like a dark wash or a light Mm. wash um so and that i learned through google just learning um (laughs) <laughs> and, and yeah, honestly, Google is a great, a great tool if used right. I mean, just Googling, you know, sewers in LA, manufacturers in LA, and then it was making the trip out for those that actually responded. Because again, when you're small, no one wants to work with you. They want to work with the big people that they know they're going to get a big inventory, you know, and, and Money. <laughs> uh, yeah, a big production. Um, so So yeah, it was reaching out to them and then flying out to LA to talk to them and basically convince them, um, Hey, work with us. You know, we see a lot of potential for our business and yeah, we definitely got rejections from, from, you know, sewers and manufacturers because they're like, you know, who are you? Uh, you, we, you know, you're, you're just starting and we don't want to take this risk on you. But eventually we did find a factory that was happy to take us on, um, and, and so our garments and, and also a wash house as well, that would wash our garments. So it's like, okay, we secured that. And so then came the techno- technological, you know, like part of it. Um, so the, the thing that we had to figure out was how are we going to custom make each pair of jeans? I didn't know mm-hmm. anything about pattern making. I thought when I heard pattern making, I'm like patterns, like patterns on, on clothing, like, like, no, that's not what it is. It's like, you know, pattern making, designing the the technical, you know, garments. Mm. And so that was, um, we had to find a, honestly, a lot through Google. Mm-hmm. And then eventually we were led to a company that does um, like digital pattern making. And mm. so they taught us, um, and, and they're still our, our partners today, but they taught us basically how we could custom make each garment on their on the software that they had to customers, customers, measurements, Mm. and then bought their laser cutter, which will basically cut the jeans to their measurements. So it was a lot. There were so many pieces and it was like an evolution one by one of figuring it out. Um, and very recently we introduced on our website, a body scanner so that customers don't have to measure themselves anymore. They just scan their body, um, and it gets their measurements. So, so little by little have been making it Um, more easier for the customer because a lot of people don't want to like measure themselves Um, and and just yeah going little by little as we go um, Mm -hmm. and and learning which is the most important thing yeah
0: that's crazy and so I guess like obviously you did like business consulting so it, but I feel like it's very different telling someone like, okay, this is, you know, some, you know, key things you can apply and like kind of then going into yourself as like a business person, but like from your prior experiences, and obviously this is something that you have not much experience in, but also I kind of like that you're sharing that. Cause a lot of people think like, I can't sew, so I can't have, you know, like a fashion brand, yeah, I can't yeah. do this. Yeah. And It's it can be very limited thinking, you know, so for the way that in the business you that you decided to start, like what from maybe your prior experiences, you know, work, uh, school, like what was it skills or something that you felt you had into you that you felt you can apply to starting your own business as an entrepreneur? I think it kind of
1: goes back to the, the signs we were talking about and it's adaptability, mm-hmm. um, it's adaptability and problem solving. Mm-hmm. I feel like, just like you said, a lot of people are like, I don't have any fashion experience. I'm, I can't learn pattern making. Um, and I, I think I I realized that I have what it takes to problem solve and adapt when I went from voice and opera to business consulting, where everyone (laughs) I talked to was like, I'm an econ major, I'm a business major, I, you know, have this certificate in business. And I'm like, I literally studied voice and opera, and I'm out here with you guys. Um, So I really had to morph myself and adapt and like, learn um, the ropes by myself. And I feel like I took that problem solving skill and mm-hmm. i applied it to entrepreneurship where like literally everything i've had to learn i didn't know what pr was i've had to do my own pr to pitch us and have successfully landed cnn and business mm-hmm. insider um i didn't know what pattern making was and now i'm like a skilled pattern maker um not to brag but like th- this is just something that i've had to learn um and and website development i mean all of that and i think it's also a matter of you know i don't have money to just outsource uh, you know, a pattern maker or or a website developer. Like, it's out of necessity. I've had to learn and overcome. Mm-hmm. Um, and like, if I can't figure it out, then like Google it and yep. read up on it. Um, YouTube is amazing as well. YouTube yes. is an amazing resource. I call it YouTube University because you can learn so much on there. There's people that are that share so much of their knowledge on there for free. Um, and so, you know, that, that is extremely, an extremely helpful tool as well for like ad creation or like, um, just so many resources online. So I feel like there's just not even an excuse anymore to not learn because there's so, there's so much out there. Um, and, and another part of it that's really helped me continue going is like community. So, Mm -hmm. um, yeah, I'm, I'm sure you're familiar with like the, we all grow Latina community mm-hmm. um, that they're, you know, they're a great community. They have like an annual summit. Um, they have events here in LA where you can just meet other founders. And it's been so helpful to talk to other founders like yourself that are going through the same thing. Um, and that you're just like, wow, I'm not alone in this journey because so many days I just feel so alone as you know, I'm running it full-time by mm-hmm. myself. Um, So, so that's also been really helpful, but I would say number one is problem solving. Number one is problem solving slash adaptability. Um, Nobody has it figured out. Um, I I feel like not even my business consulting background prepared me for this. Like it's Mm -hmm. so different. Um, and, and every day looks so different. So you just have to take it
0: day by day. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, I love that. Nobody nobody has it figured out. The more nobody. you do this, the more people you meet we are like, we're all just flying by the seat of our pants. You know, like <laughs> there, is, there is some structure, there is some things, but you're going yeah. to just be met with so many new things that you've never done. And you kind of right. have to like figure it out. And I think that's one of the strongest things from an entrepreneur. Are you willing to figure it out? Because it's so mm-hmm. surprising how many people are not they'll just give up like i don't know how to do it i was like are you freaking serious like i yeah. can figure this out and it's like a very gemini I feel like trait you know it was like I graduated out of college and like oh you want a career in HR I was like I've never done it but sure um you like yeah. you said you morph into it. I was like all right we're gonna be the HR director today you know like just act like one like figure it out exactly fake it till you make it and then yeah. you, you're you there and google, google your way through it but I yeah. mean it's such a good resource and YouTube too now TikTok I was like I need to know in 30 seconds all right here you go like now you learn a new aspect or just you find those answers even quicker. So I love that you kind of shared that with us. And so, for you, like, you know, having a denim business, having a good pair of jeans definitely makes a difference. Like when you find that perfect pair, you wear them all the time because that is so hard to find, especially with women. It's like, it's not a one size fits all. Um, but and that's something definitely Neem's Jeans is creating. But with it kind of being an online brand and at a higher price point, but reasonably, because this is custom, how have you been able to kind of garner that Trust factor with like a new customer to be like, all right, let me throw down on these jeans that hopefully, you know, are going to fit me perfectly as they say?
1: Yeah, that's a great question. Um, I think I do that by a couple of ways. I think the first one is really sharing our customer testimonials. Um, I really. I receive emails every single day of like best fitting pair of jeans or like, Oh, I want to order another one because they fit so well. Um, and so I always use those, uh, Customer reviews and I post them online, mm-hmm. and I'm just like, don't believe me. You know, like look at what our customers are saying, and that's been really helpful for for people that don't have a traditional size. You know, our customers will say, hey, I'm plus size and really short, and I've never been able to find jeans <laughs> that fit. Um, and these jeans actually were made to my body, as well as pictures as well. I'm working on that because it's really hard to get people to take pictures in their jeans. Yes, um, <laughs> yeah, UGC is so hard. Um, I did that's another thing. I didn't know that was that hard. I was like, oh, let's take a picture. But I mean, I don't take a picture and tag the company like personally. So I I guess, yeah, it's just, it's a very hard thing to get organic posting from people. Um, and especially with something so normal as jeans, like, you know, if it was something like a really cool, extravagant thing, I feel like it'd be more likely to get tagged. (laughs) Um, but yeah, so I encourage people to write a review because customer testimonials are just so important. Mm -hmm. Um, I mean, I read a statistic that you read about three to five reviews before you buy anything. Um, and so having those on our website, having those on our social media is something that really is, is helpful to actually get a customer to, to buy. I would say also, um, you know, telling customers that we do free returns and free remakes. So there's literally no risk if they don't fit um, and I feel like a lot of shopping brands are now actually not offering free returns or anything. Mm-hmm. Um, so I feel like that's a unique selling proposition for us that it's like, hey, if anything doesn't fit well, the waist, the hips, whatever, we will make any adjustment. And if they have to be remade, we will make it for free. Um, so so that is another kind of barrier that we try to overcome as well with our customers through through that unique selling proposition. Um, and And I would also say... I mean, the community that I, I, we have a small community on Instagram, but it is such a nice tight knit community. And I'm always on there educating customers about what it is that goes into these pair of jeans. I feel like people just see like $200 pairs of jeans are so expensive, but it's really not for what we put into them. So Mm -hmm. made in LA, it's extremely expensive to make here and to actually pay our sewers a livable wage. Um, you know, it's, it's very expensive on top of that, using premium material from, from denim mills, like candiani which is like one of the greenest mills in the world. Um, so that's expensive. The fact that they're custom denim, um, each one is made to order. I, I don't just put in a batch order and then, you know, our unit cost is lower. Like it's going to be every single one is technically considered like a sample order. So it's going to mm-hmm. be more expensive. Um, so there's just so many things that go into that. Yeah. Um, yeah that, you know, people don't really realize. So I try to use our platform as a way to educate customers on why, and, and also educate customers on the issues within the fashion industry, you know, like fast fashion, um, the exclusivity of sizing in the fashion industry. So I try to do a bunch of stuff um, to to kind of tell a story with our brand and why we, you know, we price as we do and what goes into them. So Yeah. Yes. The Sagittarius storyteller.
0: Yes. And that was actually going to be one of my questions. Cause I saw like, I, if anybody doesn't follow names, Jeans on social media, you totally should, because it definitely, it gives you a better understanding of everything you just kind of said and talking about size inclusivity. I saw one of your videos where you talked about why brands have limited sizing, like why is making plus size difficult? And basically it was brands start with, like you said, the prototype of, size four or six and you start adding those increments of fabric to size up or down but as they surpass that certain size typically what you would be plus size the fabric starts to get as you said distorted and it requires and I like how you said a finer level of detail and effort to perfect and develop the fit and that's the problem brands don't want to invest and allocate funds towards hiring a really good pattern maker like They don't want to they don't want to hire good people to make great jeans for you. Like and it's ridiculous because you said 67, 67 percent of women in the U.S. wear sizes 14 through 34, which is considered plus size. I am a size 14. And let me tell you, it is hard to find jeans for my waist and my thick thighs, but then I'm also short. So that's yeah. where it kind of gets distorted because it's like, oh, okay. So if you're a certain waist size, you must be a certain height. Hell no, I'm not. Yeah. Like, exactly. So, while, you know, someone with zero experience in pattern making or in fashion, you, like names, jeans, you're actually doing this. So why can't brands do better? Yeah. I think it's just
1: they're just used to a way of doing things and i feel like when you which is half ass yeah <laughs> completely and i feel like when these companies are so big it's so difficult to pivot to something else and to change whereas i think the benefit that we have as a smaller company is that i can quickly learn and adapt and change things um and like i set out with the intention of making jeans for everybody where these these companies you know are already you know, they're huge and they didn't have that intention to begin with. So it's very hard for them to change their processes. Um, And, and yeah, it is really just ridiculous. Like, again, this is something as a previous non-fashion person, I had no idea about, but there's just so many issues within the fashion industry, um, you know, from the sizing, the lack of of sizing to the confusion of sizing. I also have a video about what vanity sizing is, where you're a size 16 in one brand, you're a size 10 Mm. in another you know, and it's so confusing um, and there's so many just terrible things about that. So first of all, it's just a confusing experience for you as the customer. Um, second of all, it's just a terrible for the environment when you order three pairs and then you return two of them. Um, all of those returns are just terrible for the environment. You know, all of the carbon emissions involved with shipping and all of that. Mm-hmm. Uh, and also it's just a negative body experience when you think that you're a size 12, but then you go to a brand and you're actually a size 18. It's, it's just, you know, people associate smaller size with better. And I feel like that subconsciously is just so terrible for the customer to just be like confused about their body. Um, so, so yeah, I, I really just hate vanity sizing. I hate sizing in general. Um, none of our jeans have sizes like, Mm -hmm. uh, you know, our customers receive their jeans and there's no tag inside. It's literally just made to their measurements. Um, so, so that is something that I really think is the future of fashion. Um, yeah. I, I do think that we will be doing away with sizing and as technology gets smarter, just I think that clothing will be made to fee- fit people's bodies. Um, and so I'm excited to be kind of pioneering that, but at the same time, it's very hard to educate the customer on how it works. Mm-hmm. Um, a lot of people are confused, you know, um, since it's something so new. So that's, that's something that I'm trying to intentionally be better about. Just how do we make it as easy as possible for the customer to understand how it works? Um, Cause it's, it's, you know, everyone's used to just clicking, you know, size 12 add to cart buy. Mm-hmm. Um,
0: so, so yeah. <laughs> it also just feels like it's just very much like brands are like, this is how it's been for years. This is what you get. This is all you yeah. get, you know, if you don't yeah. fit that. Certain standard of beauty, which I feel like a lot of this falls on, kind of like women of color don't fit that American standard of beauty, and this just kind of reminds you of like in the beauty industry with foundations, you know, like why do brands only have twenty different foundation colors and ten of those are beige, you yeah. know, because that's just the standard, you know, yeah. the beauty standard, that's just you know the makeup industry standard. It, I feel like it's the kind of the same for jeans, like why. Was it obviously possible for Fenty, you know, brands like Fenty to come out with multiple different, a range of colors from the lightest to the darkest to fit women? I feel like it's kind of like the same thing with the jeans. It is possible, but, you know, is that an investment or brands basically just don't see that demographic yeah. as one that needs to be catered to, which is very much what you're doing? Because I just wonder from like, I feel like, you know, Latinas in general, you know, we come in different sizes. A lot of us are curvy and short. Maybe we're tall and curvy. Maybe, you know, we're a little bit slender on the waist. So, um, and women of color as well, we got booties, you know, and I got my thick thighs. I got to fit into these jeans, but they're just not structured. I think that's just one thing I've always hated to shop for is pants because they're all that standard that doesn't fit me, you know,
1: completely. Yeah, I, I think, yeah, companies like Fenty, you know, it's by Rihanna, like it's someone that actually cares and has actually gone through the problems themselves, uh, herself, you know, she she's probably struggled to find that. So she wanted to create something for everyone to actually find that for themselves. Um, I feel like it's the same with the denim industry. Like you said, a lot of these companies are started by white men. <laughs> um, you know, like I'm thinking about, Levi's I'm thinking about mm-hmm. Abercrombie and Fitch. All of these are white men. These white um, men don't have booties. <laughs> they, they don't have booties apparently. Um and and so like what skin in the game do they have? What issues have they faced finding jeans that fit um, mm-hmm. or clothing that fit? It's it's I feel like what's what's really what I really love seeing now are these brands that are driven with missions not just to create sales, but to like really solve a problem and to really cater to everybody like Fenty, like Neems. Um, so so that is fortunately something that we're seeing, but I do think that there's a lot of work still left um, with these big companies to,
0: to cater to everybody. Um, yeah. <laughs> right, or do you think that kind of also goes back to, cause like um, I was shopping for pants, um, for my husband, because he's like, Oh, I need new pants for my birthday. And I was like, Okay, what size are you? And for him, I noticed for men, it's very much they have a right. the waist size and the mm-hmm. length size. I was like, Wouldn't this just make sense for like women to have? But usually yeah. it's like your waist size. And then maybe you're lucky if the brand has like petite or tall or whatever. Like, right. why is that? Is that just. And it's
1: like, and it's like 10, 12, 14. It's like, What does that even mean? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So that's, that's vanity sizing. So Mm. technically what companies do is they will, it's completely arbitrary. They have their own sizing system and they will purposefully, um, make their sizes smaller. Like if, you know, they'll say, they'll say, Oh yeah, this is a waist size 34, but it's actually a 32 or a 36. And they do that so that you feel better about buying a smaller size. Um, it's very psychological, and that's why there is no standard sizing system. Um, And it's it's ridiculous. I mean, I I had that same question myself. Like, why can't we just buy thirty-two by thirty-two, whatever the yes. guys buy, you know? Um, it, and it's it's just dumb. It's just
0: outdated, is what it is. Mm. Um, and frustrating. <laughs> Dang, that's crazy. Oh my gosh. As you start to as you're growing your business more and more, and you know, there's probably some growing pains going on there as exciting as it is, there's new things you have to introduce. There's foundations you have to set. Like, what do you feel are some of the challenges you're encountering and how are you either overcoming those or like, how are you looking to kind of overcome those?
1: Yeah. I think the biggest challenge that I personally face is I am one person. I am the only full-time employee. Um, The, you know, the part-time employees we have are the sewers. Um, Mm -hmm. And with that, as we grow, it means that I'm really only finding myself having the time to like sustain the business. So like fulfill customer orders, you know, keep the lights on instead of being able to strategize and grow the business. It's very hard. I mean, customers come first always. Mm -hmm. I can't just pull from inventory and be like, here you go, here are your jeans. I have to design each one. Um, so as those customer orders come in, I have to be designing each one and, um, and then giving them torso or then washed and, and managing that entire gene production. Um, and that takes up a lot of time. It takes up a lot, a lot of time. The good thing is as we get more customer orders, our technology gets smarter. So if a customer comes in and body scans him or herself, I now with the amount of gene patterns that I have, I'm like, oh, I can, I can find one that might fit you and then, and then create that one. Um, So it's not like I'm starting from completely scratch anymore, but it still does take a a lot of time. So that's the struggle that I'm running into right now is like, you know, managing like the customer orders and gene fulfillment and all of that, because they have to be made from scratch and, and then not having sufficient time left at the end of the day to strategize Um, so like, think about our goals for 2023, all of that. Um, and so the way that I am, uh, getting about that, I'm a big planner, (laughs) big planner, um, to-do lists, all of that. And so what I do is at the beginning of every single week, I write out aside from gene orders, what are my goals? Um, so that can be like make website enhancements. I'm, I'm always co- taking notes about what, what we can improve on our website. Um make like right now it's like wait, make website enhancements, um plan for uh uh the holidays, huge, huge one. That's um, the vertical moon right there. That's the planner. Yeah, you got it, you got it. Um, and and so I'll set those goals. I'll usually set like three to five big goals for the week um that that are like on top of just regular like gene fulfillment and stuff. And that I feel like is a good amount of goals to achieve that doesn't feel like overwhelming, but it feels like I can do it. Um, I work weekends too. I work Saturdays and Sundays. I, you know, it's my business. I need to, yeah. I need to work. Um, and so usually Saturdays are like my, my non-customer order days where I just like think about um, the goals for the following week. Um, and I like kind of strategize. Um I'm I'm yeah I'm really big about goal setting and thinking ahead um because I feel like I always need to be working towards something and achieve that and then when I get there it's like okay what's the next milestone um so I'm really big with like milestones one of my biggest milestones for this year that I set at the beginning of the year was to get more PR um, and that that was something that was really big for us to get fe- featured in CNN underscore to get featured in business Insider um I have like a, a couple of more articles coming up um and so that was something that I like strategically worked on throughout the year to get um so yeah I'm that is the biggest issue for sure um but I think planning ahead has really helped me um and and like allocating specific time for that mm-hmm. um but it's hard because we only have 24 hours in a day yeah. um and and naturally things are going to arise in the week that you didn't expect so it's it's hard
0: mm-hmm. <laughs> it's really hard yeah it's hard, especially in the beginning phases. Like I know probably the end goal isn't to do everything yourself, but a lot of times when you are self-funded, you know, you gotta be resourceful and as you grow, so you can kind of like outsource that option. So, and, you know, as kind of talking about goals before we kind of get into our lightning round questions, if you can share like, what goals do you have for like the business coming up? Yeah.
1: So one of my most exciting goals is, um, opening up our own in-person retail experience. Um, so like you mentioned, we've purely been online on e-commerce, um, and more and more I've been getting people like, you know, can I come in and get measured? Um, can I like see and touch and feel the different fabrics that you offer, see the experience. Mm-hmm. So I do think that it's really important for a brand to have an omni-channel experience where they can see you online, but then they can also experience you in person, mm-hmm. um, and so we just moved into our new facility, which I'm super excited about. Um, yeah, it was a big milestone, and I really want to use that space for people to come in to get measured by me, um, to you know see how the process works, meet our sewers, really make that into a whole experience where you can see what goes into your jeans, um, and also can just you know rest assured I'm getting your measurements. You know you don't you don't have the fear that you're gonna mess up or whatever. Um, so. That is something we tested out at the We All Grow Summit in, in early October, and it was a huge success. People loved touching and feeling the different genes and, and getting measured by us. Um, they felt just, um, you know, it, it's hard to, to be able to see and the, the different genes online and be like, okay, you know, what do they feel like though? And, and things like that. So that is definitely something that I want to prioritize as the next big goal for 2023. Um, I would say another one is working more with like influencers I want to I want to say ambassadors more mm-hmm. Like have some sort of like ambassador strategy that we want to kind of achieve for next year for 2023 um I feel like it's especially as a new business model of custom denim people want to see the jeans on other people mm-hmm. um, and see what they look like and so I really want to prioritize working with influencers or ambassadors of all different body types all different ethnicities um and and really have them as the ambassadors of our brand i think it's really important to work with other people that have similar mindsets and and goals for our
0: brand um so so yeah i, I would say those are the top two uh, right now, you can't yeah. just have one. Oh, the Virgo moon <laughs> can't just have one.
1: <laughs> I love it.
0: I'm a Gemini. You can't just have one. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome, man. Well, I'm excited if and when you know you kind of get the in person experience, it's bringing that online experience, which is already amazing, to person. So that is super exciting. And I'm sure there'll be even more goals to add oh, on, you know, <laughs> for there. So, I mean, best of luck for that. And um, I've loved talking with. With you but before we end this conversation let's get into our lightning round question just quick rapid fire feel free to expand on anyway everybody does um they're not as quick as we think <laughs> <laughs> so for the first question what is your favorite me time activity
1: my favorite me time activity is lifting at the gym Ooh. in the morning when no one is in the gym I'm kind of crazy. I love, love, I'm an early morning person. So like 5 30 AM I'm there, put in my headphones and nobody bothers me. It's like my time where I work on myself, I get stronger. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's just been so great for my mental health. Like I yes. don't even do it for aesthetic purposes whatsoever. I don't check myself in the mirror. Like yes. it's just my time where I'm like listening to bad bunny or Rosalia or someone yes. and just like working on myself. So That's my answer. Oh my gosh.
0: No, I love that answer. Same. I feel like, as an air sign, there's so much energy, so much pent up energy. And that's why I just started the gym membership. It's more of an anxiety management (laughs) school. Yes. Right. Right. And entrepreneurs, we need that. We yes. Need- and especially starting it in the morning. There's a difference in working out in the morning than at yes. night. It's very much, it's like you start your day with like those endorphins, you know. So. Yeah,
1: it's such a great way to set the mood for the day. Yes. I always feel better. I've never left the gym and been like, I feel like shit. Yeah. So, you know, I feel always
0: better. So that's That's awesome. (laughs) Love it. If any air signs, fire signs get you a gym membership just to manage all that (laughs) going on. Okay. (laughs) Next question. What is the best piece of advice you have ever received? Wow. The best piece of advice I've ever received.
1: Hmm. Oh my God. That is so hard. Wow. I think one that I always, go to is kill them with kindness. Mm -hmm. I feel like just being a kind person, just putting that kind energy out in the world is so, it is more likely to be reciprocated and have good things come back to you. So whenever, you know, like I have a kind of not nice encounter with anyone or something like that, I just always remember to approach a situation with kindness, be a kind person and that's always worked well for me, so that's the one thing that
0: I that I always go back to. Yeah. Yeah. As a Gemini, show them the good twin, but don't worry, the Lucas watching you too. <laughs> <laughs> always nice. Okay. Next question: What is a piece of advice you would give anyone wanting to pursue a business like yours?
1: Oh yeah, I I always think about this one, and I think it's just literally in the words of Nike: just do it, just start. There will never be a right time Mm -hmm. at all. Um, You will find so many excuses to not start a business. Like, um, you know, I, my, my nine to five is taking up too much time or I don't have time on the weekends or like, I don't understand how it works, but you will never be ready. Just dive in, start little by little. You don't have to have it all figured out Mm -hmm. at first. Um, I I would say it's just get started, just get started and and you'll figure it out on the way and keep an open mind. Mm -hmm. Yeah.
0: Facts. hundred percent agree. And yeah. you kind of talked about Google university and YouTube, but if you can share, um, some other resources, what are some other resources that helped you along your journey? These can be book podcasts apps. Oh yeah. Et cetera. Yeah. Uh, speaking of
1: Nike, um, the book shoe shoe dog by, uh, by the founder of Nike, uh, Phil Knight, I believe. Oh my God. Yeah. I think so. Um, amazing book. He talks about his journey with starting Nike and, it has been so hard. It was so hard for him. Um, And I just resonated so much with all of what he said so much, so many helpful tips on problem solving. um, And it just made me feel not alone in in my journey. Oh, but number one resource. And if you don't listen to it, listen to it is how I built this podcast Mm -hmm. on NPR. Yes, it is the gold mine for entrepreneurs. You can literally listen to the stories behind any founder, whether it's Spanx or the founder of Hinge or the founder of um, Outdoor Voices. And they have so many helpful tips in their stories from even the mistakes that they've made um, to the successes that they've had. There's so many insights in that podcast. And again, makes me feel not alone. And a lot of them had no idea what they were doing either. A lot of them. But (laughs) nobody does. (laughs) <laughs> Nobody does. But the common theme between all of them is, this, is that they never stopped. They literally kept going. Um, and, and so that is like my adrenaline, like, oh my God, I, I listened to that. And it like that in the gym are like the things keeping me going, honestly, a lot of the, a lot of the time, but yeah, for anyone listening, get on that of listening to how I built this on NPR with Guy Raz. Oh my God. Life-changing. <laughs>
0: Same, same. I feel like those definitely kept me going. I'm not sure if anybody else listening to is it the side hustle pro podcast? I don't know if you've ever heard of that one.
1: No, but that
0: one have. is great. Taking your side hustle to full time. And it is, um, with, uh, like black women entrepreneurs, you know? Oh, so, nice. um, so listening to those stories, so I love that. Okay. So next question or last question, mm-hmm. where can listeners connect with you online? So drop all the handles websites. I will yeah. link them down below.
1: Okay. So if you're listening, follow us um, on Instagram. It's at Nemes Jeans. So that's N-E-E-M-S Jeans. Um, And then we're also online at www.neemsjeans.com. And I believe that's it. I'm not on TikTok, like not even personally. Um, (laughs) I know it's crazy. I honestly don't have time. I feel like already managing Instagram is a lot for me. Um, But I do want to eventually pivot to TikTok because I know that there's so many people on there and so much opportunity. Um, So stay tuned for that. Maybe one day soon. For sure, (laughs) just add your Instagram Instagram videos to TikTok, they apply. (laughs) Literally, I could do that. Um, So yeah, Instagram, Neems Jeans and www.neemsjeans.com. Yeah. Okay, and hopefully TikTok in
0: 2023. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, one of the goals, adding that to the goal more goals, all the goals. Awesome. Well, thank you so much, Daniela, for joining us on the Work Miha podcast. And thank you everyone so much for listening. Make sure to follow Neem's Jeems. Thank you so much. And until next time, bye. Thank you so much. Bye. <laughs> Visit workmija.com, that's W-E-R-K, mija.com to pick up your new favorite chingona fio cafecito mug or our bet on yourself, mija, and no pares, mija, apparel for yourself and your comadres chingonas. Don't forget to follow Work Mija on Instagram, TikTok, and Facebook for fun, Latinx-inspired content. Make sure to tune in to the Work Mija podcast and listen to more inspiring mujeres.